Let's take God's Word together this evening and turn to the New Testament book of John. John chapter 10, if you would please. I had every intention this evening on preaching the next sermon in our thought, our series of being established in the Word, the first principles of the oracles of God. We've been looking together at faith toward God, and this morning we considered justification by faith. And I had every intention this evening of preaching on the just shall live by faith. But uh, on three separate distinct occasions this afternoon, the Lord drew my attention to this one thought. And I asked the Lord on the third time, I said, Lord, forgive me if I'm like Gideon, but can you just confirm it one more time? As soon as I finished praying, he did in a very real and tangible way. and, And so I... Yield it. Tonight we'll look at John chapter 10. Whilst in the Netherlands this past weekend, we've been going through the I Am statements every month uh, with our dear friends there. And uh, this past weekend brought us to the fourth I Am statement. It is one of my favorites, and I think it's one that describes our Savior in such a precious way. It is the statement, I am the good shepherd. And I believe that the Lord would have us tonight to look at this text. John chapter 10, let us begin reading in verse number 1 and reading down to verse number 18 of John chapter 10. Verily, verily, by the way, that's a a phrase that is really special to John's record of the gospel. You'll find it over and over in, in this book. Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. Let me just pause. Do you know there are two occasions in the New Testament, at least two, of two different kinds of people that climb up another way. One is seeking an entrance into eternity, seeking an entrance into the the supper, the marriage supper of the Lamb, and this occasion is one who's seeking in to do damage to the sheep, climbing up some other way. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, there it is again, truly, truly, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. 
I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice. There shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. There was a division, therefore, again, among the Jews for these sayings. Many of them said, He hath a devil. He is mad. Why hear ye him? Others said, These are not the words of him that hath a devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Stop our reading there tonight and believe that God will bless the reading and the hearing of His Word. Let's pray together as we ask the Lord Jesus to meet with us, to make Himself known unto us as the Good Shepherd tonight. Father in heaven, we've read thy word. We've read the words of thy son. And there's no doubt that these are living words. They were spoken by the living word. And therefore, they are living words. Tonight, we pray that they may make an entrance into our hearts. Help us, we pray. Help us to know that we are indeed one of his sheep. And that we are indeed following the good shepherd. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. The good shepherd is a very clear illustration of who Jesus Christ is. A shepherd. A shepherd cares for the sheep. He feeds the sheep, tends to the flock, leads the sheep, guards and protects them. We know what a shepherd does. It's not a 
unusual illustration. It's found Old Testament, New Testament. God is considered the shepherd of Israel. God, you remember in the fam- most famous Psalm, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Not a, not an obscure passage, not an obscure illustration. Very understandable. But when we say that Jesus is the good shepherd, and when we hear Jesus say that his sheep know him and he knows his sheep and he calls them by name, then he immediately divides this tent right in half. The presence of such a statement, the reality of such a shepherd and such a flock immediately divides the world in half. There is the good shepherd and he has his sheep. And if you're not one of his sheep, then we understand that you belong to another. They tell me in this part of the world that it was very common at night for all the shepherds to bring their flocks back to one fold. And they would all put their sheep in one fold at night where they would be safe, where a porter would watch over the door, the entrance over the night. And in the morning, the shepherd would come to collect his sheep. And just by his voice, he would call his sheep and his sheep would be separated from the rest and they would go and he would lead them to pastures. That's the way oftentimes it was done. You see a very vivid picture here. I call my sheep. My sheep know my voice. My sheep hear my voice and follow me. I wonder this evening, are you one of his sheep? Is Jesus Christ tonight, right here in this place, is Jesus Christ your shepherd? This I am statement is once again a matter of salvation. It's about the great I am and his sheep. It's interesting when we read Jesus saying, I am the bread of life and I am the light of the world and I am the good shepherd, I am the door. What he is in essence saying is that he is God. I am that I am. And they knew that. That's why in verse 30, verse 31, the Jews took up stones to stone him. I am my father, I one. They understood what he was saying. This good shepherd, Jesus Christ, has sheep. Let's talk for a moment this evening about this good shepherd. Who is the good shepherd? Well, we know it very obviously. Four times, verse number 11, I am the good shepherd, Jesus. The good shepherd. Again in verse 14, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known of them. And in verse number 16, other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them I must bring and they shall hear my voice and there shall be one fold and one shepherd or one good shepherd. Four times, Jesus refers to himself as the shepherd. Now it's interesting, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, or many believe it says says it like this, I am the shepherd, the good one. That implies something, doesn't it? That implies that if Jesus has to say that he is the good one, the good shepherd, that implies that there must be some other shepherds and there must be some bad shepherds. Now ultimately, this is talking about the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, and the false shepherd, Satan himself. That's what this is about. The Lord Jesus 
and the Antichrist, one who stands in opposition to Christ, who stands against Christ. We have these two. Actually, when Jesus refers to other shepherds, he's referring to false shepherds or self-appointed ones. He's, he's referring really to those religious leaders that were found in the previous chapter. You may remember the account of this blind man who was wonderfully healed by Jesus Christ and he was put on the spot, brought into the temple and they said, tell us, we demand, who, who is it that healed you? He said, look, I don't really, all I know is I was blind and now I see. And they were furious that this man would acknowledge that Jesus Christ had indeed healed him and he must be from God. And so in anger and frustration, these religious leaders thrust him out. We find later on the Lord Jesus going to him. In fact, in verse number 32 of chapter 9, Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. That's what the man said. Look, if he wasn't from God, he couldn't have done this. They answered and said unto him, Thou wast altogether born in sins. You trying to teach us? And they cast him out. And Jesus heard that they cast him out. And when he had found him, he said unto, unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? I love this. Jesus found him. Jesus went after him. Thou hast both seen him. He said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? Thou hast both seen him, and he it is that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe, and worshiped him. And Jesus in John 10 is dealing with these false self-appointed shepherds. And really there are two kinds of false shepherds in our text. There's the thief and the robber found in verse number 1 and 2. And then there's the hireling found in verse number 12. And the Lord Jesus tells us this because there are many sheep in the world, all over the world today, that are being led astray by the false shepherd, which is Satan himself, Beelzebub, there are many being led astray by self-appointed shepherds. And he warns us tonight, who are we following? Are we following a denomination? Are we following a man? Or are we following Jesus Christ? Can I say this evening, if you're following anybody besides the Lord Jesus Christ, you're in danger. The first kind of false shepherd is found there in verse 1 and 2. Look at it with me, please. Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. It's interesting, two words, thief and robber, kleptes and lestes. Thief is the idea of an embezzler, a deception and trickery to steal. Whereas robber has the idea of violence and destruction, to plunder, to burst in and cause all sorts of damage and ruckus, not, caring if, not mattering if somebody is in the house or not, but doing as much damage as possible just to take as much as possible while the thief is very subtle and, and trick using trickery. But both of these come up over the wall. Interestingly, they don't use the door because only the shepherd goes to the door. Only the shepherd has the authority. The good shepherd, Jesus Christ, alone has the authority to go through the door. 
But the false shepherd uses subtlety and craft to get to the sheep because he doesn't have that authority. Not like Jesus Christ does. He cannot use the door because he has no right and the porter knows it. And he knows it and the sheep know it. That's what the Bible says. The sheep know it. I love this. The porter, to him the porter opened it. That's the shepherd. He calleth his own sheep. The sheep hear his voice. He calleth his own voice by name and leadeth them out. But in verse 5, a stranger they will not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. The thief and the robber climbs up another way. He's a stranger. His voice is not the same voice as the good shepherd. I believe God in his spirit, when he, when we are saved, when we are, when he calls us by name, as Naomi was speaking about earlier, when he, when we are brought to him and we are made a part of his sheepfold, his flock, he gives unto us his spirit so that we're able to discern the difference between his voice and the voice of another. So then why is the, why have these kind of false shepherds come? Sneaking up over the back wall. What is their intention? Well, what is his name? Thief. Robber. He's come, the Bible says, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. This is the work of Satan. Satan sends his minions. In fact, it is Satan who gives him a, a leg up over the back wall. It is Satan who stands behind and puts his knee down for these thieves and robbers to jump over the wall and into the fold. They might steal, kill, and to destroy. Coming to steal sheep. That's what they used to do in this day. Thieves and robbers at night would sneak over the back wall to steal sheep to add to their flock. Not only that, but they'd sneak over the back wall maybe to kill a sheep because they were hungry. Or to destroy sheep to take from them their wool. Some have said even in this day that sheep were equivalent to money. The big part of livelihood. And therefore, sheep were equivalent to money because of their wool and thieves would often in the night climb over to fleece a flock. The other false shepherd is found in verse 12. He that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep. The other kind of a false shepherd is this hireling. And this false shepherd seems to know the sheep. He seems to know something about shepherding. He's not really trying to hurt the sheep necessarily. He just doesn't know the sheep and he doesn't love the sheep. He really is only interested in using the sheep and using his position to gain something. But when trouble comes, he's out of there. He's not interested in saving sheep. He's only interested in saving self. That's the hireling. Now, it's interesting that in addition to these two kinds of false shepherds, Jesus Christ also mentions another danger to the flock, and that's a wolf. It's a very interesting verse. In verse number 12, uh, he that is an hireling and not the shepherd whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming. By the way, the wolf is always coming. In every flock, in every fold, in every, amongst every, anywhere that sheep are gathered, you can be sure 
that there are wolves close by waiting for something to eat. We're warned about it over and over and over in the scriptures, and we should never, ever be alarmed or concerned. We should be alarmed, but we should never be surprised when the wolves come. The Bible says very plainly in Matthew chapter 7, the Lord Jesus tells us, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. They come looking like sheep. That's how they get in. But they are like ravening wolves. In Acts chapter 20, the apostle Paul warns the Ephesian elders, take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseer to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For this I know, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Watch, therefore watch. And remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. There are false shepherds. But the good shepherd's different. There is a good shepherd and his name is Jesus Christ. There is a good shepherd that stands in stark contrast to every man that's ever lived on this planet. And his name is Jesus Christ. He's not just the shepherd. He's the good one. And Christ tells us and tells these people these things so that they would not be fooled or tricked into following the wrong person. And he says in verse number 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. What a picture. In the context of a coming wolf, he does not run away from the enemy. Jesus runs toward the enemy. When the wolf comes towards one of the sheep, he runs to the wolf. Jesus Christ, what an encouragement tonight. Jesus Christ comes against anything that comes against his sheep. He fights for his sheep. He fights for our life. He fights for our joy. He fights for our peace. Isaiah 59, 19 says, When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him, the enemy. The Spirit of the Lord literally shall put him to flight. That's what it means. To lift up a standard against the enemy means the Spirit of the Lord shall put him to flight. So shall send him running. Exodus 14, verse 14, The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Because we have a good shepherd. Sheep don't fight wolves. Never have you seen a sheep trying to fight a wolf. Sheep only runs from a wolf. It's the shepherd that fights the wolf. The Lord shall fight for you and ye shall hold your peace. Deuteronomy 3, 20, 22. Ye shall not fear them for the Lord your God. He shall fight for you. But when we read that Jesus is the good shepherd, this is more than just protection from wolves and false shepherds. This is him laying down his life to protect us from something far more dangerous. The greatest danger that you face tonight is not a false prophet. 
The greatest danger that we face tonight is not wolves in sheep's clothing. No, the greatest danger we face tonight is dying and not being right with God. The greatest danger that any one of us could face this evening is leaving this world not right with God. The great enemy of our soul, the false prophet, the false apostle, the false shepherd has captured every human being and enslaved them in his own fold, the fold of the world, unable to escape. And those sheep are are one after another. Little lambs are born into the fold of this world, born into Satan's fold. And he knows that if he can hold you captive until the day you die, he knows that you will face inescapably the eternal judgment of your soul. And so Satan labors hard at keeping you in his pen and making his pen so comfortable and so cozy and so luxurious that you don't even want to leave. The false shepherd labors so hard to make his pen look so attractive and his flock look so fun that you don't even want to leave. The world, that's why the world is such a draw on our soul because Satan knows that enticing us, if he can entice us to stay with him, he knows that if we die with him, we shall die and spend eternity with him in hell. The majority of the world is totally unaware of the impending danger of their soul. But the good shepherd has come to rescue us, to redeem us. He gives his life for the sheep. He has given his life for the sheep. He died already on the cross and he cries, it is finished, it's done. The door of Satan's sheepfold has been opened. It's actually a goat fold. It's been opened and Jesus Christ has kicked the door down and he calls us to come out. Come out from among them. Come out from the goats. Come out from the world. And he invites us into his flock. Do you remember the day when God called you out of the world and into his family? He's died in our place for our sins. You and I should have been devoured by the wolf. We were being held captive by Satan, by the wolf himself, just waiting for death to take us and to devour us. Just waiting. But instead, the Lord Jesus Christ died for us. He took our place so we could live. He that knew no sin was made sin for us. This is the amazing love of the good shepherd. And he did it all on the cross. The place for a criminal. This is the first reason why he's good. He giveth his life. Look what it says. I am the good shepherd, verse 11. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd and and know my sheep. Here's the second reason that the shepherd is a good shepherd. Because he knows his sheep. He knows you. Do you know on judgment day, If you do not belong to his flock, when you stand before him, he will say, depart from me. I never knew you. One of the signs that you are one of his sheep is that he knows you and you know him. It's reciprocated. 
That's what it says. I know my sheep and am known of mine. I know them and they know me. In fact, we know each other so well. The sheep and the shepherd know each other so well that the sheep know the voice of the shepherd. They love the voice of the shepherd. And not only that, but they follow him. There's two things that are the responsibility of the sheep. To hear his voice and to follow him. The sheep hear the voice of the shepherd. They don't listen to any other shepherd's voice. They know their shepherd's voice and they follow his voice and they follow him. That's how we know that we're one of his sheep. We hear his voice and we follow him. It doesn't mean you don't hear other voices. It doesn't mean you don't hear other, other shepherds. It doesn't mean you don't hear the voice of the enemy enticing and drawing. But it does mean you know the difference. You know the difference and then you follow him. He knows us. This is tremendously encouraging to me. He knows us. He knows what we need so that we can trust him. Sometimes he sends trials to us because he knows we need them. Did you know that? Sometimes he leads us through dark valleys because he knows that on the other side is a green pasture and the only way to get there is by going through the dark valley. Trust him. He knows you. He is a good shepherd. He's not trying to hurt you. You have mistaken him for being one of the false shepherds who wants to kill, steal, and destroy. But the good shepherd has no desire to hurt you. He wants only to bless you and wants only to take care of you. He loves you. He gives his life for you. You can trust him. He knows when you go astray. He knows when you're hurting. He knows just what you need, what kind of balm you need for healing. He knows how to fix broken bones. He knows how to help you. They tell me that in this day, think about this for a moment. In this day, a shepherd would count his sheep every night. That's why we read in Luke chapter 15, which one of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, how does he know if he loses one of them? If you've got a hundred sheep, how do you know if you lose one? Unless you're counting. Unless you're always counting. They say that in this day, the shepherd every night would count his sheep to make sure they were all there. Not only would he count them, but they tell me that he would check them every day to make sure that all was well. And they say the way he would do this is one by one, they would pass under his rod of inspection. They'd come to the door of the fold and he'd put his rod down, stopping them from entering in. He'd check over each one of them to make sure there's no broken bones and no scrapes and no cuts to make sure there are no parasites that had begun to afflict the ears or the nose or no thorns in their hooves. After carefully checking over the sheep, he'd raise his rod, they'd go in, and the next one would come. That's what I'm told. He cares about us. Ezekiel the prophet prophesied about this very thing. In Ezekiel chapter 20, verse number 33, let me read it for you. As I live, saith the Lord God, surely with a mighty hand and with a stretched out arm and with a fury poured out will I rule over you. I will bring you out from the people 
and will gather you out of the countries wherein ye are scattered with a mighty hand and with a stretched out arm and with fury pulled up, poured out. And I will bring you into the wilderness of the people. And there will I plead with you face to face, like as I pleaded with your fathers in the wilderness of the land of Egypt. And so will I plead with you, saith the Lord God. And I will cause you to pass under the rod. And I will bring you in to the bond of the covenant. And I will purge out from among you the rebels and them that transgress against me. And I will bring them forth out of the country where they sojourn and they shall not enter into the land of Israel. And ye shall know that I am the Lord being brought beneath the rod. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. One day the Lord shall bring us, each one of us, ultimately into his fold, into glory. And as he brings us one by one and checks over us, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 21, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. It's coming a day when he'll cause us, each one of us, to pass one last time beneath, underneath his rod, and all tears and all troubles and sorrows, all sin, all death shall be wiped away for eternity. We shall enter into his sheepfold and he shall dwell amongst us. That's the day we're looking for. One more thought about this good shepherd. The good shepherd gives unto them eternal life. This speaks of his protection. That's what this is about. Verse 25, I told you and you believe not the works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me, but ye believe not because you are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. Therefore we understand the sheep believe. The, those who are not sheep do not believe. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. What a comfort. Every false shepherd in the world could not steal one of Christ's sheep. Can't be done. I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. This speaks of protection. All the enemies in the world cannot get to you or take your soul from Christ. You belong to him. If you are one of his sheep, you are forever his. No man can pluck you out of his hand. You are held safely in the palm of his hand. And then it says that we're in the Father's hand, double protection. He cannot, you cannot be snatched away. I give unto them eternal life. The prophet Isaiah speaks very much about this tender care of the shepherd. Behold the Lord God, Isaiah 40 verse 10, with strong hand and arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. We have a good shepherd. Tonight, if you know his voice and you're following him, if you're one of his sheep, then you will forever be his. 
You may stumble and you may fall. You may stray away from the fold. You may find yourself out in the middle of the desert in a valley somewhere. You don't know how you got there. But if you are one of his sheep, you will be brought safely back to the fold. You're his. No one can take you from the good shepherd. Our Savior is so precious. He is so good. We rejoice to know of His love and His care for us. I wonder tonight, is He your shepherd? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. We've looked at that before, and I trust you will continue to hear the voice of your good shepherd, Jesus Christ, and follow Him. Sometimes we get caught up looking at men. Don't look at man. Look to Jesus Christ. He will never lead you astray. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank thee that the good shepherd has laid down his life for his sheep. We're thankful that he calls us by name. That he knows us. He knows our name. He knows our weaknesses, our sicknesses, our brokenness. He knows us and he cares for us. That he makes us to lie down in green pastures. We thank thee, Lord, that he anointest our head with oil, that our cup runneth over. We thank thee that he prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemy. While he fights for us, we eat. Oh God, we praise thee for the good shepherd. We pray that in this day of so many false prophets, false shepherds, hirelings, wolves, we pray that in this day we're on almost every so-called Christian television station and in so many pulpits around the world there are false prophet after false prophet, false shepherd after false shepherd. Help us, Lord, to learn more clearly the voice of Jesus Christ and to follow him, to follow his leading and his guiding, to know his voice, to know him more. We praise thee and thank thee for the security and the safety we have in his fold. Help us to walk close to the shepherd's side. Help us to follow him. As he leads us forward in the battle, may we follow him closely. For we ask it in Jesus Christ's name and for his sake. Amen.